Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host Brian with my co-host Ben Brandell, and it is time for another myth monday episode and today we are going to be talking about birds and more specifically woodpeckers because there is one that i used to see all the time as a young fella and i called it the wrong thing for a long long time and i still hear folks use the wrong name for it today uh so we'd kind of like to yeah just go down the road of of helping some people uh really all over the U.S., but really here in, in the eastern half of the United States, understand a couple of particular different species of woodpeckers. But before we get started, let's give thanks. I am thankful for all the men and women that have been serving our country, both past and present and in the future. So thank you to all those men and women. So grateful for you guys. Thanks for, for your service. Um, I do have a, a close friend that um, is going to be leaving for a while, and that's kind of what got me thinking about that today. So Thank you to, uh, to your service and sacrifice. We appreciate it. Well, here you go being deeper than me again. Because I'm thankful for coffee today. It has been cold recently. You get towards some of these week, end of these long weeks. And boy, just a, a hot, I love black coffee. A hot cup of black coffee just, it just does something good for me. I mean, it gets me going, obviously, the caffeine, but just making you feel warm really kind of almost feels like it breathes a little extra life into me when I don't have that ambition to, to keep going. So I love a good cup of coffee. You know, we just had Thanksgiving recently. I hope everybody had an awesome Thanksgiving. But when you crack into the desserts, I got to have a black cup of coffee with my desserts. It just you, takes them to that next level. You actually gave me a dessert I've never had before. Uh, you brought me a cup of coffee, and you asked if I liked caramel. I was like, yeah, I love caramel. And you gave me some sort of waffle looking Stroop waffle. Stroop waffle. That's what it's called. Stroop waffle. Never heard of it. Don't know if I'll ever hear it again if I'm never, <laughs> if I'm never around you. Stroop waffle. It was so good. good. Had some Glad caramel in it. It was sticky, kind of chewy. Um, it was fantastic. It went awesome with a with a black cup of coffee. Good. Yeah. Little little something little something sweet with a a cup of strong, a little bit better black coffee is it's a good combo for sure. Uh, let's go ahead and, and dive into this topic. You know, we'll we'll try to keep it kind of short and sweet. There's two in two particular woodpeckers we're going to discuss. You know, in in North America we actually have 23 different species of woodpeckers, but the two we're going to be discussing today are the red-headed and the red-bellied. And we'll go more into describing which one is which. But the reason I want to discuss this so much is because growing up, my mom. I mean, I can remember being three or four years old and, and looking out the window, but my mom was always an advocate for having a bird feeder, especially during the winter to help feed these birds because there isn't a lot of food for them. And it is such a cool thing to be able to watch all these different species come in. I can remember flipping through the bird book trying to identify everyone that I could. And that's probably part of the reason that I became a biologist because of some of those foundations I had early on in life. But um, I always got wrong the red-bellied woodpecker because i always called it a red-headed woodpecker hey guys look out there with look at that red-headed woodpecker and it just made sense because it has a red head well right and that's why you have have told me you're the one that i didn't know this i didn't know that there was a difference between 
um, all these different red-headed woodpeckers. To me, they're all red-headed because they have red on their head. Right. And that's that's why I thought they were called red-headed woodpeckers. But you're the one that uh, taught me that the red-headed woodpecker that I'm looking at is actually not a red-headed woodpecker, even though it looks like it. Correct. So the the one that's most common to bird feeders is the red-bellied woodpecker. And, and what that looks like for... For those of you trying to imagine this in your head right now, they do have red heads, but it, it does the red does not completely encompass their head. It actually runs from their neck to their head, but over the top of their head, so it doesn't drop down below their eye. Like a mohawk without sticking up. Right. The shape yeah. of that mohawk. It's like a big red band across their head. Mm-hmm. And from a distance, it looks like it may be a, a solid red head. But then the rest of their body is what I call barred. And it, it's like black and white... Uh, bars or stripes down their whole rest of their body that is actually a red-bellied woodpecker and if you were to able to hold one or get close to one when you look at their belly they actually have a patch of red feathers kind of i'll say more on their breast almost between their legs it's down pretty far so it's kind of hard to see from any distance at all and it isn't the deep dark bright red like their head it's kind of almost a a faint uh, like when blood just kind of a little stain, blood's mixed with water and it kind of just leaves that faint kind of pinkish stain. Um, but that is where they get their name is from that patch on their belly, but they are not a redheaded woodpecker. Well, it's hard to say, it's hard to see that patch on their stomach from any hardly. position. You know I mean? They're on the tree, they're moving. You can't hardly see it. Um, and let me clarify the strip on the head. When I said it looks like a Mohawk, I'm not talking about feathers that are tufted up that are sticking up. I'm talking about just that shape where it runs from front to back. Their whole head is not red. Right. It's just that strip along the top. Um, but I used to call that red-bellied woodpecker a red-headed woodpecker. Yeah. And the reason I think it's important to get it right, because there is a true red-headed woodpecker, and it shares much of the same home range. Um, but you don't see them. It's not a common frequenter to bird feeders like the red-bellied is. I know... When I see it the most is actually at campgrounds around the lake. They like these bigger, more, uh, these older trees, and there's usually a few dead ones around, and they're more spaced out. They don't like that kind of dense woodland or even urban area like the red belly does. But the red-headed woodpecker, from its shoulders all the way up to where its beak starts, so all the way, its entirety of its head is red, and it is a bright, vibrant red. It's not half red like the red belly woodpecker and their coloration of their wings and body is much different too it's very distinctly pitch pitch black and then they've got these white blocks on their wing it's not the barred lined striped look like the red belly does so they they're pretty easy to tell apart it's just the name that people kind of get switched and mistaken yeah well there's also a third one i know we said talking about two today but there's a third one that i thought was still a red-headed woodpecker and it is the pileated woodpecker. When I've seen those before, they have yeah. a red head tip. Maybe you can explain that a little better than I just they did. They have a tuft. A tuft. That's yeah. the, that's what I was sharing earlier. They have that tuft, and it's red. Uh-huh. And that's not a red-headed woodpecker either. Yeah. There's a pileated woodpecker. Pileated. They're much larger. They're one of the largest species that we have left in North America. The ivory build was considered a little bit larger, um, but there's... There hasn't been a confirmed, unanimously confirmed sighting of that ivory bill since 1944, but the bird is still listed as endangered because within the last couple of decades, a few people in Arkansas think they saw one. 
um, but it's not a bird that you see very often. But the pileated is is the one that's pretty common. It it's big. It's like the size of a crow almost, and it does have that bright red tuft on its head. But yeah, that that is not definitely not a red-headed woodpecker. That is a pileated woodpecker. They can make a lot of noise when they're hammering on a tree. It's really loud. They are loud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, the the sound is one way you you can identify them. Most woodpecker species are are very vocal because they're territorial. Um, I know squirrel hunting, deer hunting, turkey hunting, whatever I'm doing in the woods, in the forest, I hear these red-bellied woodpeckers all the time. They make a bunch of different vocalizations, but it is much different than the red-headed. So that is one way to tell them apart. A couple of the really common sounds that I hear the red-bellied do, I want to share with you because most people are going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, I've heard that. And you can kind of connect that audio to the sound that you've heard now. And like Um, you said, they're they're not just in out in the forest they are in our backyards and right. so this is a bird that you're going to hear in the city in your backyard at, i mean they're very urbanized yeah they're everywhere mm-hmm. so here is a red-bellied woodpecker and then here's another common red-bellied woodpecker call that you will hear That was the red-bellied woodpecker, and here is the red-headed woodpecker. So you can definitely hear a big difference between the two there. Now, I mentioned that most their home range is mostly the same and we're going to mostly be talking about the eastern half of the united states but the red-bellied is actually even a little bit smaller but it is more common year-round so pretty much from i'm going to say the most western half of arkansas missouri iowa all the way north and south to the borders but the very western half of those states all the way to the east coast you're going to have the red-bellied woodpecker and it's a very common bird. Most people have seen one before, but a lot of people do mistake it as a red-headed. The red-headed is going to be similar, but during its breeding season, it's going to have um, it's going to be sparsely identified more west, like all the way through Kansas and into Colorado, and even more north, kind of into that. Uh, I think we call that Plains pothole region into the D- Dakotas and Nebraska and all that area. But this bird is actually declining. Whereas the red-bellied woodpecker is pretty stable, maybe uh, inclining a little bit. But the red-headed woodpecker, its population is actually declining. Uh, They're not really sure why, uh, but that bird is not going to be seen as much as the red-bellied. One other interesting fact that I really want to add, and this is kind of about not all woodpeckers, but most woodpeckers. People... Even little kids, you know, you you see them pecking on the wood. You you hear the knock 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 as they're as they're going, and you know, I know my son asks, "Well, Dad, what's he doing? What's he looking for?" And I tell him he's he's looking for bugs, and that isn't wrong. That's what most people are taught, but that kind of leads to this common belief that that's all woodpeckers eat. That they're out they're out looking for ants and worms and grubs and whatever they can find bug wise. That they're insectivores, and that actually isn't true 
at all. They're omnivores, and they will eat all kinds of things. They are looking for bugs when they're doing that, but they eat nuts and berries. They're even known to, to move in and eat bird eggs and some small animals, frogs and things like that. So they're actually omnivores, and they're going to have a wide range of, of diet. There are times of the year when there are a lot of nuts and berries and things that that is actually more of their diet than insects. So maybe you may not hear drumming as much, but drumming, the actual knocking on the tree, that's actually a part of their vocalization and communication as well. So every time you hear it, it may not be them just looking for food. They will do that to build their home, and they do that to communicate. I wonder that because I have found trees out in the wilderness where one dead tree has, I'm talking, probably 30 holes in it. Mm-hmm. You know, And I thought, well, maybe they're doing that just because of, of all the, the insects that could possibly be in it because of the tree's dead. But I've also found other trees that, that are close to being dead or are dead that have no holes. It's almost like there was just this one tree that they constantly used over and over, and it's really impressive to see that many holes in a tree. Um, but I know that had to be made by a by a uh, woodpecker. Yeah. Do they do they come to the tree? Do they go to the trees like that to to call, or is it literally just food? Yeah. No. They'll they'll go to those trees that have that big hollow sound to mm-hmm. call, and you'll even hear them test it sometimes. If you watching one, if you're spending some time hunting or whatever you, you're doing in the forest, you'll watch them. They'll go check a tree, and you'll kind of see them knock it a few times. If it doesn't sound good, they'll go to the next one, and, and they'll really find those those dead hollow trees that they can make some noise with and communicate that this is this is my territory. I call it drumming. Drumming is the term used to describe the communication that they're doing there. Um, but a, another reason you'll see all those holes, all those nesting holes in a tree, um, one of the theories or ideas behind why the red-headed population's declining is actually the European starling. So the European starling are those black kind of speckled birds you see in these huge, giant, noisy flocks, um, really all times of year, but especially this time of year, you'll see them in giant flocks. But they're actually nest parasites, so they will actually take over a woodpecker or any other bird's nest area, and they'll lay their own eggs in that. So sometimes a woodpecker will make a nest site, and they'll abandon it if they're able to recognize that it has a a starling egg in there or if a starling takes it over. And so a lot of times they'll have to go make another one. So Hmm. they're actually making nests for multiple birds, not just themselves, and that is one of the speculations as to why their population may be declining because we have so many millions of starlings. Right. And actually, that shows the intelligence, the, the possible intelligence of some of those um, woodpeckers mm-hmm. because there are birds that have no idea what color eggs are in or, or not or size. or They don't pay any attention right. to that. So that's kind of a neat theory. Yeah. You know, this is a really, really great time of year, especially if you have kids. But even if you don't, this is an awesome time of year for birding. People think about the spring so much because you have a lot of species that are coming through that aren't normally here, like the warblers and all these migrating species. But the winter is such a great time because you can um, really localize all these different species because they're going to food sources. Food is scarce. There's not a lot of nuts and berries. So if you're providing something, one, you're you're really helping. You're doing something good. But if you can put it in a place where you can see all the birds come to it. It is such a fun thing to watch. And then when it snows, oh my goodness, there are so many birds there. You may have to get through a few obstacles like squirrels and opossums and things. Maybe even bears now. Yeah, yeah Raccoons. and Raccoons, yeah. all kinds of things that, that come to bird feeders. And some people enjoy that. And some people go through great lengths to keep those pests away. But it is such a great thing to do. Um, it's relatively inexpensive, inexpensive. And you can get bird feeders and bird seed really 
anywhere. I think even some of our dollar stores, Dollar General and things, you can get those things now. So such a fun thing to do. Buy a bird book. Try to identify some of those species and, and learn about them and, and share it with others. Brian, do you have a favorite bird book that, that you suggest that you use? So there are two resources that I really like because it's all of the country. You can always buy one just for your state. Um, and I know NBC has one that's really good just for uh, Missouri. Yeah, but Missouri Department of Conservation is MDC, and they they would have some of those resources for free and for sale. Absolutely. Right. And, and th- those are great. However, one of my favorite things to do was to see that bird that I had never seen before that wasn't a common one. And sometimes birds birds are, are, are funny like this. You will see a bird species, you'll identify it, and it'll be like, you're not in its home range or you're on the very, very end of it or the really rare side of it. And now those are the coolest sightings that you can have. There's actually, um, through Audubon, um, there's the, the national bird study that you can actually participate in. You don't even have to sign up. You can just go online and, and input. Uh, think there's a certain week or certain two weeks that you, you document all the birds you see at your feeder and you can input them and it, it's data that they're collecting. So it helps them know all these species home ranges. But, um, Audubon, anything from the Audubon Society is going to be a really credible book. And then All About Birds is also a, a very credible website for ornithologists um, and any of the literature that they put out as well. That's good. Yeah. Well, I hope that you guys now understand two of these uh, very common uh, woodpeckers that we see all the time. The red-headed and the red-bellied. They are very different. Pileated. There's a lot of woodpeckers that have red on their head, but there is only one true red-headed woodpecker. We'll post some pictures of this um, on our social media so everybody can kind of see if you want a quick source. Uh, If you like what we're doing, go ahead and and support us through our Patreon. We have a link on any of our social media accounts so you can become a monthly member. Of course, leave us a review on whatever you're listening. We need some more reviews. That really helps the podcast. So if you listen on iTunes or Spotify, uh, give us a rating, whether one star, five stars, or anywhere in between. Go ahead and give us a rating and, and type something up of what's been helpful to you or what you would like to see us do better we would greatly appreciate the feedback that is going to be it for this episode of the meant to be outdoors podcast as always between now and the next episode we hope that you find time to get outdoors thank you for listening to the meant to be outdoors podcast hosted by brian hoffmeyer and ben brandell please help us by subscribing also follow along on tiktok instagram and facebook